No, no, it was a judo flip. It's like, I, we use the NPA weight against them to... Like, no, you voted for the NPA. Come fuck yourself. There are 13, no wait, 10 stops. On Maybe the nor- nine. On the North Shore Beeline, this is the Camby Report. I'm Matthew Naylor. I'm Patrick Meehan. And unfortunately, Ian Bushfield isn't able to join us tonight. He's just finished moving into his new home. He is now part of the landed gentry, as I believe he's referring to himself as a uh, apartment homeowner in uh, the city of Burnaby. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's probably pretty happy that, like... Not all those dem evictions got stopped, because otherwise he wouldn't have his shiny new condo. Uh, we've had quite the busy January between the three of us. Uh, Ian with his moving, uh, me coming down horribly ill, and Matthew, you as well, I believe. Horribly down Ill. horribly ill. It was literally <laughs> the most painful experience I've ever had, and I've had a fucking fan cut a tenth of the way through my arm. So, yeah, no, it's... It was it was a horror. So moving on, <laughs> um, yeah. Essentially, we, we we want to apologize for not getting a few more episodes out. Uh, I did sit down last week with the head of climate policy at the city of Vancouver. I believe that episode will be coming out in the next week or so to talk about the ways Vancouver communicates and 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 tracks uh, climate change action here in terms of our emissions and in terms of moving forward. Uh, as well, Ian has set up our our phone in system that uh, people can phone into if they have a message for us or uh, ha- have something they'd like to get onto the podcast or just you know an anonymous tip line. I guess. You know, I I went to the Strategic Planning Committee, whatever the hell it's called, Policies and Priorities something, Strategy. Strategy and Priorities, I think? Strategy and Priorities Uh meeting tomorrow. Yesterday, man, I've lost all track of space and time. <laughs> yeah, so we've had uh, this is a big transportation issue, I guess, which uh, I think quite a few of our, our listeners are going to be a big fan of. Uh, essentially, what we've had this month has been a bunch of uh, various ma- uh, municipal level meetings to discuss transportation priorities and more than anything else, I guess, reaffirm priorities that already existed and make sure that we keep moving forward with them or not, as the case may be in West Vancouver. So Basically, some changes might be coming or might not be coming to how you get around the region and your city. And some of them look really freaking cool, and some of them are just very sensible and nice. And some of them are meeting with, like, opposition that is stupid and bad. (laughs) But uh, that's me editorializing, and I'm sure we'll get to that eventually. So first up off the hopper is the the Broadway subway route, which is a bit of a a decision of King Solomon the Wise. They've decided to cut it in half and stop it at Arbutus as a component of the overall 10-year plan. Uh, Mayor Kennedy Stewart's been working really hard over the last four months, essentially, to cut a deal working with Mayor McCallum to push the the subway all the way out to UBC. We will get that baby back. (laughs) The Uh, other half of the baby is very important. Can't have the baby without the butt. King Solomon famously or apocryphally uh, suggested cutting a baby in half. That is is true, maybe. Yes, but that that was the metaphor that you were going for. Uh, (laughs) It's true. It's, It's the baby... Baby, so, baby sky train. So first thing that happened was uh, 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 on January, I think, 24th, the mayor's council met. And the mayor's council uh, staff, essentially, at Translink, scrambled together a report on uh, transit priorities past Arbutus and how they could go about it. And essentially, the staff report recommended going forward with a Translink technology, with, with a sky train technology, uh, which has been 
okayed by the mayor's council. So when they scrambled it together, they came forward and they're like, this is the omelet. This is the only omelet option available. Please do this omelet. So that was the that was the hard part of this, right? Was getting all the mayors in Metro Vancouver to agree that Vancouver needs a, a subway line, right? Yes. Uh, like except, the mayor, for, the, except for yesterday. Well, I don't know how hard yesterday was, but yesterday was like weird. Uh, in the end, the vote ended up being nine to two yeah but i think it it seemed like it was harder to get the city of vancouver council on board with the idea of adding a additional subway kilometers to vancouver than getting the mayors of coquitlam and burnaby and richmond on board yeah but like the mayors of vancouver and uh, and the mayors of of like richmond and burnaby and and uh port coquitlam are I don't know, like it's steeped in planning and and I think see some benefits for the region. And Vancouver City Council has decided that it is going to approach their new collaborative and deliberative, uh, you know, attitude towards governance with definite deliberation. And then, of course, announcing how you're going to vote right before you're going to vote, delaying how you're going to vote by about an hour. Essentially, this was the, the decision to whether or not Vancouver was going to reaffirm its support of the, the, the subway. Uh, and as Mayor Kennedy Sturrett uh, outlined right at the very beginning of the debate was, in the event that council voted no, then it was more or less over. Uh, there would be no subway extension past Arbutus, and we would be looking at a, a bus route as a beeline bridge from Arbutus to UBC. until or well grade streetcar or... Like well, I don't many... even think... I don't think that would be on the, 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 the offing at that point. I think right now, at grade Streetcar is still potentially doable given the motion, the vote that occurred. So let me, let me. Um, no, I think I think it was pretty strongly in favor of subway. Yes, but like, but, but the but the technology choice can still be changed. I think it's, it's it's the affirmation that they want more than buses is more is the most important component here. Yes, though I think what the opposition to it, which were like some very engaged citizens, who I commend their. Uh, passion for the city they came and they did that typical like brexit because the nhs thing and and we're saying basically don't vote for this because we could have this other option nice and shiny very possible and and i think that was a ton of garbage to be honest i think that was a tactic to like stop progress of any kind by presenting multiple options. So a lot of the opposition ended up coming out of the Vancouver's east side, which I guess is somewhat understandable given that they're not going to get the SkyTrain. And a lot of it came out of a lot of the the sort of the philosophy of Patrick Condon, which is uh, not necessarily wrong. You know, if you flood the region with more buses, you're going to get better service in more areas for less money than you would with the subway. Uh, I think uh, the issue that I have with it and to a certain degree is that Obviously, you know, as was outlined by staff repeatedly, uh, was that there's just so many people going between Arbutus and UBC every day that you have. It's the busiest transit corridor in North America. Like it's it... the busiest bus corridor in North America. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. It's the busiest bus corridor in North America. Yeah. And, and and you're right. And that's and that was outlined by staff repeatedly. But I, I think there was a there's a there's a real estate Twitter account that I follow. Uh, it's a f- anonymous sort of blog type account, and they sort of laid this logic out to me from how a, a like a left wing cope person could view it, which is you know the people going to UBC broadly, and you know you could you could counter argument by talking about janitors and whatnot, but broadly are fairly affluent and fairly you know well to do people that come from good backgrounds. UBC doesn't have a lot of working class students anymore. You know instructors at UBC aren't exactly working class either, and so 
there is an argument to be made that you're building a subway for an affluent class and that what you could do instead is really flood East Vancouver with buses. And that would be more beneficial from a social justice lens and from a from a class warfare lens. And I mean the class I mean, warfare. Sure, and, uh, but it's definitely not going to help the climate in any way because you need the people. Who oh, no, are, no. I think you need the people who are like driving to UBC to stop driving to UBC because it's that affluent class oh, no, that is no, precisely the... Absolutely, especially that east-west route that's going to jam up so much of the north-south routes, right? Like, I don't disagree in any meaningful way. I think, I think I'm think i with you on this, but I do understand the class argument there that, that, that gets made. Also, I, I am a little skeptical of the there are no working class people at UBC because, like, there are plenty of poor students. Uh, there are plenty of people who have taken out loans to... to get an education it's it was i don't know 47 percent of people were on on student aid and this is like statistics from 10 years ago those numbers have really dropped off over the last decade uh i think you're you you had a really good accurate portrayal of of the way ubc was when we went there but that's fair enough okay i haven't been keeping up yeah and just because i do post-secondary research as part of my day job is you know there has been a real reduction in the number of uh of of the percentage of students that are taking out student loans in part that's actually really fucking bad well in yes because i and I think a lot of it is a demographic shift. Also, you know, the percentage of students at UBC that's, uh, that are international students has gone up significantly. It's now at around, I think, 26 or 27 percent. Uh, and so you are looking at, you know, this isn't your East Bend working class kid just getting ahead. That that kid's going to Langara. Maybe they've been priced out because it's too expensive to get transportation mm-hmm. to. But anyway. So, so that's 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 where Jean Swanson sort of really landed. Uh, and that's where her a lot of her opposition came out. Uh, there was, to move as we go sort of left to right, I suppose, uh, you know, Christine Boyle and, and Kennedy Stewart were certainly adamantly in favor of the subway extension. They, you know, Christine Boyle campaigned on the subway extension. It was probably the only candidate that got elected that actively campaigned in favor of the subway. I don't know. Kennedy came out. Oh, like, sorry, I meant for counsel. Oh, okay. But yeah, you're but, right. But, no, like, you're Kennedy right. came out near the end, especially like when when, his... when when he needed to drop down that you know on the the matrix of new urbanist and then like traditional I have, socialist. I have never seen a candidate drop so much policy in the last two weeks of a campaign than I did with Kennedy Stewart. All of it tacking to the left. No, I can't even say left. It was tacking urbanist as opposed to SQW. Well, and also just tacking in a direction of making promises. Yeah, uh, I think he tried to do the uh, the BC Liberal 1996 plan, which was to not promise much and hope to get elected. Well, and I certainly did not uh, take kindly to that, but I can't say that, you know, he listens to me at all, uh, <laughs> much as I might like to think so. It'd be cool. I, I want him to listen. I Oh, I see what you mean. No, yeah. sorry. I, I, was th- I thought you were making... Oh, I'll edit this out, but I think you're making a comment about the about my, my joke about 96 BC liberals. No, 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 no. I was just saying okay. be, I want the mayor to listen to the podcast because, the, you yeah. know, the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So so moving on down the line, then we get into sort of the, the centrist or whatever you want to call the Green Party in terms of their, their position on a left-right spectrum, which is increasingly becoming uh, three-dimensional. The Green Party... Yeah, are we adding an extra dimension to the... the... Yeah. Eventually anyway. we'll get to seven dimensions, I'm sure. Uh, the Green Party really has has had a difficult with difficult time with this one. A lot of their base, I think, is our Patrick Condon supporters. A lot of their base are people that support uh, this idea of you know slower transit. Uh, don't spend so much money. They're, 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 these are folks that did campaign against the Canada Line in the end. And Roberts, one of the Cope uh, Council candidates. Uh, oh, sorry. Anne Roberts was a school board, wasn't she? She was. She, sorry. Let me go back. So the Green Party, uh, moving in, moving on down the end, uh, they 
down, out, right, up, left. I'm not good at metaphors, and I should it's just fine. stop. No, well, I mean, like, we, we have a three-dimensional council policy space. Yeah. We've, we've like, broken DW nominate for, you know, whatever purposes we have well, for, and that for access, evaluating this. And that, that axis, I think, we'll get to it at the end, but that axis that we came up with during the election, or that Ian and, Ian and Stuart Press came up with, really, uh, really did effectively uh, show itself today with the, with the way the vote came. But the Green Party, to get into their, their sort of position, was... I do think that they've struggled with this. They've they've long been LRT supporters. They've long been that sort of like you call it. Uh, what is it you call it? Uh, artisanal or you've, you've oh, got a phrase for artisanal transit. It. Yeah, artisanal transit and things like that. These are people that you know. Generally, a lot of their supporters support slower transit. They support Patrick Condon based initiatives and things like that. Oh yeah, boo. Boutique, boutique buses and yeah. such and such. And, you know, Pete Fry talked a lot about LRT. Like, one of the options that was on the table uh, in terms of the city staff report was running an LRT from uh, Arbutus uh, to UBC down to 41st, across 41st, to either, and they, they the staff report was very open about this, either to Canby or Metrotown. Uh, and, you know, maybe we are talking, once this subway is built out to UBC, maybe we are talking about sort of a subsequent network expansion of an LRT. That might be the next stage. I don't know, but like there is. Well, and there, there are other options, certainly for like what what the the technology might look like if they're going through the endowment lands. Like, yep. I so, I would be super surprised if they decide to do a board tunnel mm-hmm. all the way through. But well, and and so so Agent Carr had has has been has been vocally concerned about a, a subway for a long time. Uh, a lot of Green Party supporters on the West Side don't like it. You know, a lot of people on the West Side don't like it. Just like they didn't like the idea of the Canada Line going down Arbutus. So they they struggled with they it. They did not like that. Uh. No, uh, and they struggled with it. And you know, they they ended up voting in favor. Um, but yes. it was it was interesting to watch. Pete Fry seemed to like LRT. You know, Adrian Carr was skeptical of a lot of the numbers. Well, maybe. And why don't we why don't we talk to? Talk oh, are a we bit are we going to go into? We're going to go. We're going to go into the hashtag public. So as a component of this, obviously the public got to speak, which is always a Parks and Rec world. Yeah, like W-R-E-C-K, though. Uh, there were a number of people, civic watchers, who, who came out yesterday to speak, 24 of them, uh, including the head of the Vancouver Alliance of Neighborhood Associations. Uh, and that is, uh, was that Elizabeth Murphy, or was that... No, 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 and okay. also noted Vancouver Sun columnist Elizabeth Murphy, who uh, hates all that is good, and because you you were actually there at this point, an, an evil. F- yeah, because you actually went down to council and watched. No, sorry, right? I don't want to say evil, but like it's like a fortress of malice, though. Yeah. it seems like. And and you actually went down to council, right? I did. I yeah. I was there. I was in the room. I saw. It is it is very different watching from the room, right? It's it's fascinating. Like for one thing, the camera focuses on the person with the microphone and it cuts out much of what is happening behind the scenes, uh, including. You know, the dramatic moment on on yesterday's uh, council bit happened when a mic got cut, and that led to the camera cutting away from that person. Was this Elizabeth Murphy, or was this yet another one? So, like, why don't, why don't we back up and, and, like, run down the, the juicy gossip, because I love some hot goss. Basically, Elizabeth Murphy imputed that the staff were ginning up numbers for political purposes, basically. Which isn't, which isn't the first time she's done that. You know, she she's written editorials claiming just that. Yeah, and, and that's a problem. Uh, and, you know... It's a little bit worse when you're in the room. Yeah. 
because you have to comport yourself according to the decorum of the chamber and according to the decorum of the body. And and, and apparently somebody else was in the room that we rode an elevator with in my apartment today. <laughs> yeah. Vancouver being the tiniest world it was, we were we were chatting away about Elizabeth Murphy's speech in my elevator on the way up to my apartment and uh the this 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 woman that was taking the elevator up to a higher floor than I live on uh commented, "Oh, you mean council?" And we we're like, well, "Yeah." She's like, "Yeah, I I was I was watching I was watching. She, I she, worked for she the works, city. She works for the city. Happened. Might have been in the room. Might have been in, a, in her office. Um, yeah. yeah. Vancouver is the smallest place in the world. So, basically, uh, Melissa DiGenova objects. Uh, she raises a point of order. She was As, chairing at the time, wasn't she? No, Carr no. was chairing. Oh, okay. Uh, she raises a point of order saying it's inappropriate for you to impugn the motives of staff. Uh, that's, that's disparaging, and we can't have that. Uh, which is not only... Uh, good and correct and in order, but also just like sensible HR. Uh, <laughs> Not something elected officials are necessarily good at. No, but I, you know, I, I think yeah. that like this particular council has been really good at like taking another party's staff and, and like, you know, it was a lot of vision hires and. Yep. Well, uh, I mean, in 10 years. Yeah, you, you just have that turnover. Well, but also, at the end of the day, the only real vision hires, I think you would say, are the, the really senior staff, which is essentially, you know, Gil Kelly planning and Sadhu Johnson, by and, who's the, the city manager. By and large, you know, the staff aren't hired by a political party. Yeah, but not, and even, and not even, to hear Elizabeth Murphy say it. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> now, Carr accepted this point of order, and then Elizabeth Murphy just, like, started you know, she she was asked. She had gone over her five minutes. There's a five minute council speaking limit for for public comment. There were no more questions from councillors, uh, and then she just decided that she wanted to keep talking and started talking over the chair, which is mind boggling. And at this point, security sidles up behind her. Uh, Councillor Carr asks for her mic to be cut. Security actually gets to within a foot of her, standing on either side, flanking her. And the cameras have cut away at this point. Uh, And eventually she decides that uh, she will... uh, Discretion is the better part of valor. Yeah, live to fight another day. And and decides that she doesn't want to be dragged out of council by her arms. Like, how, how, how do you... Well, and she, How do you get she to that thinks, point? I just and she, she, she firmly believes that like putting a subway through the west side is going to completely destroy Vancouver. Yeah, and like I disagree. Oh, and yes, <laughs> I mean, like, but, but like it, it takes. I, I think it takes a particular level of 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 detachment from the situation to have that opinion. Yeah, and like I, I actually think that Colleen Hardwick managed to take Elizabeth Murphy's concerns and like. Elizabeth Murphy. Well, we're getting to her still. We, we got to work our way through the NPA. But like the, still. the synthesis of that made more sense, I think, than than the public comment from it. Also, apparently, uh, and this is someone else uh, who who was speaking, says that everyone at UBC who believes that a subway will help them is uh, a fool because it'll only save them six minutes, and also they're brainwashed by the evil university. And well, I, I of just course. Like, let that hang there like the stinking pile of nonsense that it is. 
so among the other speakers were a whole bunch of people, right? They, you know, UBC came out in droves. The UBC Student Union was there. The, you know, UBC Planning was there. Uh, you also had the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association was there. You had, you know, all sorts of, of different community groups. Uh, and they all spoke well in favor of the project. Uh, I guess notably opposed to it were a number of, of Patrick Condon types, uh, as well as uh, one Anne, Ro- Anne Roberts, who notably ran for council under the COPE banner. And one of her primary criticisms is the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that concrete causes, which is what the cost of building the material, uh, the, the, the subway is. I, yeah, I, I don't really think that anything more needs to be said other than that's fucking nonsense. And so, so you know, counselors get a chance to question anybody that speaks. And oftentimes that's to clarify or, or you know, make the person feel heard. Uh, and I think you could you could say that, and I heard one, one COPE person that I know told me this, is that... Uh, it was almost like a cross-examination that Kennedy Stewart gave, and his last question was almost pointed. He said, are you representing anybody? And 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 Roberts had to back off at that point and say, no, she's here as a person, because Cope did, doesn't have an official position on this. Now, obviously, as we said, Gene Swanson voted against it, but in the end, uh, Cope, I think, is very divided on this issue. Yeah, though, if you are a member of Cope, or a Cope supporter, Cope constituency person and you feel like uh counselor swanson voted the wrong way clr swanson at vancouver.ca is the email that you will want to write to because democracy does not end on election day Mm -hmm. it is an ongoing process so that that brings us to the next next batch of counselors and i think we the easiest way to do this would be to do the four npa counselors that voted in favor in the end and then the one council that voted against it so four npa counselors voted in favor of it and all of them i think had certain levels of 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 criticism of the idea Uh, but i think no but none of them were willing to turn down the money uh, which actually, I should note, going back to the Greens, is Adrian Carr even said that, you know, as I heard the quote, was she's uh, a savvy enough politician that she knows not to leave money on the table and that there's an election year coming up and there's likely to be money on the table for new transit lines. I love this council and its willingness to just be like, hey, you know that subtext that's part of all politics? <laughs> here it is in the minutes. It's true. Uh, <laughs> so the four counselors, I think, uh, you know, different different ones had different concerns. Sarah Kirby Young, I think, and I support Sarah Kirby Young in, in, in the view cones. Uh, she wants to make sure the view cones are held. So she asked, you know, past Arbutus, uh, would the view cones be in danger? Because uh, she said, and, and I quote, that the view cones are, uh, I, I think I'm quoting as close as I can, the view cones are what makes Vancouver great. It's what everyone talks to me when I say and for they say. You have those magnificent view cones. Well, and Steph, yes, Steph notably pointed out that very few view cones are west of, say, Granville-ish. I think there are view cones that point towards the west, like... Uh, almost all of them point to towards the north. Most yeah. of them, but, but there yeah. is, like, one that goes... But it, it, so it was. It was noted that there was no there, that that could be dealt with as well later. But also that there were very few view cones that could be impacted. Uh, Lisa Damanato suggested that you know you could move to some more online courses to try to reduce the load. I, I don't know how much you can do when you've t- when you're talking about fifty thousand students and the third largest employment center in the province. It's eight, yeah, it's eighty thousand people. It's like a, yeah, a town. it's it's a lot. It's like a it's well, like and a, it's, it's it's still growing in population, so you're gonna have people leaving there too. It's like uh, bigger than it's. It's like the size of City of North Fan. It's huge. Yeah. Um, Melissa DeGeneva was, uh, you know, honestly quite 
uh, like fair, balanced, uh, argued in favor of it. Fair and balanced, but not in a like Fox News fair and balanced yeah, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah. Like actually in <laughs> Sorry, a balanced yeah. and fair kind no, of way. And, and, and to her credit, like most of Genova is rapidly becoming a, a one of the more stalwart, strong standout counselors. Standout counselors. Like she, she really, I think. Uh, has been doing her research. Like, I, I think that is the thing that uh, has changed for it's... both Carr and DeGenova, is that they have really realized that they're effectively in government now and not in opposition. And, and so, Kennedy Stewart pointed that out several times. He says, you know, th- this is where it gets real. Like, he even, I think he said that at the start of the debate. This is where it gets real. Like, if we vote against this, it's it's real. Bedtime. Yeah. So that, and you know, Rebecca Bly also, you know, asked a few fairly, fairly good questions that were, you know, insightful, but, and, and was concerned about it. Uh, and I think, the NPA, well, and I think, I think it is right that counselors are concerned about this. It's several billion dollars they're spending or well, thinking of spending, it's still but not like, funded. yeah, but like there's a, there's a yeah. cost implication. No, no, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and you know, you, you're, you can't be cavalier with that yeah. kind of stuff. And so you should raise all the concerns yeah. that uh, seem reasonable. And then we get to Colleen Hardwick. So she seems to really think that this isn't the most important project for transit in, in Vancouver. Colleen Hardwick has an idea of who she has to represent. And that is the people who live in Vancouver right now own property, who rent here right now. All of Vancouver or just west of, say... Arbutus. All of Vancouver, but she, <laughs> like, uh, no, all, all of Vancouver, and, like, I think that she doesn't have any scope of representation or the responsibility that she has as part of a regional municipality uh, that would, for example, uh, take into account regional flow of people. Uh, I, I don't think that she thinks about city ambition at all. I don't think that she thinks about... Well, on ambition, she does. She does have a, a, a rail line she wants to build. Does she want to build it, or does she want to just start it up again? She really wants to get that downtown streetcar going—the one that goes from Granville Island to Stanley Park. So yeah, the one that starts up, like mostly there, though, right? Yeah, well, uh, the city has the re- most of the right of way now. Yeah, um, and, and there is rail on a part of it. On parts <laughs> of it, yes. Um, and the, it, we the it. I think it should be a priority. I'm one of the few people that follows transportation planning in the Lower Mainland actually likes that line, partially because it would go directly in front of my home and there would be a stop, actually probably directly in front of my home. Uh, so I guess I'm a little biased. But uh, it, she has this obsession with the idea that it was purged from the website, which is not true. She's either willfully ignorant or she's manipulating the facts. Uh, the, the, the streetcar reports are still on the website. They're still able to be found. She has this belief that it was dropped as a priority, which Gil, which Gil Kelly, or no, Jerry DeBravolny, the transportation manager at the city of Vancouver, did tell her flat out it is still a priority. It was dropped as a priority because Suzanne Anton lost the election and Gregor didn't... Well, but it wasn't dropped as a priority. It's always been a priority. The city maintained it as a priority. The council never voted to, to deprioritize it. superseded over it but a the, little bit. But Broadway has always been a bigger problem. And I think anybody that yeah. looks at the numbers can tell that. I mean, I, and, and also, I, I was a little bit of the, like, why not both kind of uh, attitude. Yeah. But, uh, like, you know, I, I do think it is, is kind of a, a problem when you start just sort of jumping pet projects around. Yeah. So... Well, uh, and she she also like weirdly cross examined a bunch of people. And interestingly, Brent Totteran, uh, former chief planner at the city of Vancouver, came out to support the the, the line all the Totteran? way. Totteran, yeah, it's pronounced Totteran. Okay, I know it it it's spelled for the for our for our listeners at home. It's Tadarian. It's spelled Tadarian, almost like some form of Star Wars shuttlecraft that would go to the planet Endor. Um, that was the Tidarian. Um, okay. 
Sorry, uh, I'm a nerd. All right, let's uh, time to change. Get in the Delta Flyer. Um, but oh god, yeah, you like Voyager. I do like Voyager. I know it's an interesting morality play following one woman's descent into madness. So back to Colleen Hardwick, and also. Uh, <laughs> uh, so it's it's it is interesting. Uh, it is interesting. We we we've talked a bit about Colleen Hardwick already, and how she's not necessarily making friends. And I really wonder. It's I was thinking about this today. Other NPA counselors don't need to work with her. No. She will always vote the way the NPA want the way they want to if they if they need her because she'll always vote again like if the NPA wants to oppose something they'll should she's there. Uh, and so they don't need to like curry favor with her also because I don't think that she'll trade favors. I think she'll just vote the way she wants to every time. Colleen will vote the way she wants to yeah. every time. She is very much not a politician. She is the burning brand yeah. of the like NIMBY West Side and, Torch. And on, on like, traditional NPA stuff, she's going to vote a traditional NPA manner. There's no traditional NPA. I need people to get well, out of their heads. I think but, there, there is a like, traditional NPA, but I don't know if it's still there. Yeah. She she very much is, and, and Frances Bueller pointed this out, she very much is in the George Puel mold, uh, notably also lived at Kitts Point. Uh, and both of them were the, the you know, got to trust the taxpayer, got to blah, blah, blah. So we, we right now are sitting like, what, 100, 200 meters away from Walter Hardwick Avenue. Uh, and Walter Hardwick, the, the former planner for Vancouver, Colleen's father, and she brought this up yesterday. He opposed freeways... Through a poor neighborhood. Oh, yeah. I forgot about this. And then Colleen is talking about how she's opposing subways through a rich neighborhood as some kind of analog. Subways well, she, didn't that she will say, make them richer. Didn't but, she say something along the lines of, like, the, 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 the highway would have just, like, would have destroyed Vancouver and this will, too? That, that almost verbatim. Oh, so weird. So... So she voted against it, and and as we sort of came up with this this chart that we had uh, during the election, that and Stuart and Ian, it should be noted, are, are doing an academic paper to be submitted to a, a, an academic conference coming up in June uh, for you know this idea that the right left split does exist, but also that there's this urbanist um, pastoralist, I think was your phrase, Pastor, preservationist. I, I, I've decided to go with status quo warrior. Um, yeah, and that 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 quadrant does exist, and Gene Swanson very much, I think we we've always felt was in that preservationist mold. Yeah, a uh, little, little bit SQW, a little bit SJW. Yeah, fair. Uh, and she and and her and Hardwick, it was the interesting one. Is uh, this might have been the most bipartisan vote Hardwick has ever had? Uh, she wasn't alone voting against everyone else. Yeah, despite being the Boudica of the <laughs> SQW movement. Yeah. So now I I mean Gene Swanson supporters uh, would would get are, those Roman roads out of Vancouver. <laughs> uh, so Jean Swanson, her supporters, I think, would, would, would want me to point out she did attempt to 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 amend the, the, the motion. Yeah, that was a bunch of shit. That and was, it was ruled out of order because it, it, it was... It was out of order. It, um, was, it, it had been debated, it failed, and then she's just like... Yeah, which was essentially to call for a, a new transportation plan for the city of Vancouver. It was... Okay, like, I think that... Gene Swanson has some like really valid points to make, but like if she is going to be an effective counselor, she needs to get better at wielding the levers of power available to her. Well, uh, I, 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 I got a I question. I think that Dad. this no, no, and I think that I think this, this is a good example of like how she's being clumsy about it. I think that. You're right in this case, but I don't think she needs... I think she has been fairly good at working with everybody. You know, she has talked about how, you know, she may not necessarily support something, which she's going to vote for it anyways at various points. I think she has oh, yeah, been yeah. doing No, no, that. she's she's running, like, 
a B plus right now. Oh, okay. I oh, okay. I she's see like, what you like she's mean. like a B B no, plus. Fair enough. And to get to A minus A, she's gonna need to get better at working with Robert's rules and yep. working with the, the Vancouver no, no, rules I, of I order. Can get that. So so motion passes nine to two. So what's next for the subway? Money 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 money. <laughs> money. Yeah. What's next for the subway is different levels of government are gonna have to come to a funding agreement to pay for that, but. Notably, they're also going to have to do the same to get that subway, to get that SkyTrain all the way up to Langley, because right now the money's only there to get it to like Fleetwood, which is uh, for the non-story listeners in the the audience, uh, is about halfway to Langley. Yeah, so basically they're going to arm Kennedy Stewart with a six-shooter, and they're going to stand right behind the incumbent Liberal MPs and NDP MLAs in the city and be like. Well, Give me and my in, money or your representatives get it. And in Surrey, too. Uh, you know, McCallum's been been no bones about it that he's going to go after politicians. Yeah, but politicians. McCallum already had the six-shooter. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. He's he's playing with a lot heavy or, heavier ordinance. Uh, no, it's just a big fucking mall that he's... It's a shillelagh. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of mob government that Doug McCallum is running down in Surrey. But uh, elections have consequences. Yeah, fair. Speaking of other transportation things at the city of Vancouver, though... There was another transportation motion that came forward that's now going back for a further report on pricing, which is the Granville Bridge proposal. I fucking hate the Granville Bridge. It's awful. Not like, the proposal, the bridge. It's no, the, no, the, the bridge. I just have yeah. so much like pent up vitriol. It's scary. It is not a passable bridge. Like that that sidewalk is like less width than my shoulders on like a particularly confident day. Those steps are like Sorry, that shin was amazing, high for me. That was an amazing example. Yeah, so it's 18 inch high. The The Granville Bridge, I think, is something like 18 inch high step off from the curb to the, the street side. Street side, because it's built like a highway, because it was built for a highway. Yeah. And the, the stat that I heard was that it's physically impossible with all the on-ramps that exist to actually get to the capacity of the bridge deck. Yeah, no, no, because you, you cannot the the hose pipes that lead into the bridge deck onto the bridge deck either going northbound or southbound cannot fill the bridge deck capacity. Oh no, you could if you ruined the city around. Well, no, if you add more on ramps and off ramps. No, no, you can you could. I mean, you would have. So basically, what I'm saying is that you would have to like completely bulldoze an area that would like feed quite a bit yeah. into like. No, that's on, and that's, on, that's on, what on I Hamlet. meant. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, you you could do the same number of on ramps and off ramps, but you'd need so, like so way I bigger fill intake. Yeah, I think we're going we're going past the plugs. We need to actually explain what the proposal is, yeah. uh, which is uh, the two a center beautiful lanes. Beautiful arc of stuff. So the two center lanes, which would allow for three lanes in either direction, uh, would be taken away. Three three car lanes in either direction. The two center lanes uh, would be taken away to be used as a, as essentially a bike and walkway that would go on either side, uh, and there'd be. There's a, there's a Maybe an extra lane on each side where, like, Van- so there's, the Vancouver Bridge, Granville Bridge, does not need to be more than two lanes each way. Like, it, it's no, it, four it lanes doesn't. of traffic is perfectly acceptable. Yeah. Uh, and and well, like, and this will this will only reduce it to six. Yeah, three way, three each way, and there'll be an elevator at Granville Island as well, which would be really positive for Granville Island and for the bridge itself to you know get up to it, uh, and essentially a greenway going across Granville Island, a gravel Granville Bridge. Uh, notably, uh, the bridge has less traffic every day on the weekdays than either of the other two False Creek bridges, the Camby or the Burrard, and also notably, it's apparently the second widest bridge in the Lower Mainland. What after Portman? After the Portman. Name me another bridge that's four lanes in either direction. I guess Alex Fraser? Uh, that's... I think it's three. Apparently, so the, the, the meme going around the internet was that it's the second widest bridge in the Lower Mainland, which actually might be true. Uh, I may not be using the word correctly. I'm old now. No, no, I suppose... Okay. 
Yeah, there's... Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> My stats were 10 years out of date? Jesus yes. Christ. Yeah, so that's so that went forward with a unanimous vote. Uh, and did you were, you... were you able to be there for... I can't remember. Were you able to be there for part of the, de- the debate? Fuck no, because the item number one concluded with Councillor Carr saying... This concludes item one at 5.36 p.m. And then everyone giggled and rumbled with laughter, almost like a train was notably, going by. Notably, council had come to order at 9.30 in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> no, nine. Oh, nine. Oh, jeez. So... Uh, yeah, because that extra half hour was super important. <laughs> but, like, Councillor Swanson is, like, sitting there knitting and... Like she knits for the entire council yep. meeting because it, it just helps her, her. That's how that's how the left works. Sure. I mean, I I I understand. I doodle. I know it seems to drive Councillor DiGenova a little bit crazy because she's like talking to Councillor Swanson and she's just knitting. And I know she's listening and she'll answer. But like, it's <laughs> it when she gets to like the scarf is taller than the tallest person in the room. Maybe council has gone on slightly too long. Yep. So. That's gone forward, so now that, that's going to come back to council with pricing, and we might actually get another bike route into downtown and out, which is good for the fact that cycling is going up and car driving is going down and that that bridge is way overbuilt. And, and also so, it's a terrifying cycling death trap that will, like, schmuck you into yeah. a paste. So Vancouver has moved two steps forward, and the District of West Vancouver is having quite the debate. Two bus lines back? <laughs> so uh, the, there are four beelines that are going to be added to the region this September. It's like a punk song. It's one step forward, yeah. two step. Yeah. Uh, so there's 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 four beelines being added to the region uh, in September. Uh, one of them is the main and main main marine Dunderave beeline. I think it's called, which goes from Fibs Exchange on the east side of the North Shore all the way over to a place that I've never really heard of called Dunderave. You. That's bull. Oh, it is in the crawl, isn't it? By yep. the, yeah, by Spirit of the West. Uh, so, uh, West Vancouver has had a rebellion My against... My God, this would make the crawl so much easier. Oh, it would, actually. Uh, so, West Vancouver has had a, a, a revolt against this beeline, which is meant to, to, to significantly increase the speed of travel of people traveling east to west on a bus on the North Shore, which is the worst transportation place in the Lower Mainland. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. People die. Uh, so I went to the council, and it was a uh, council meeting, and it was um, disappointing. A was very experienced, experiential it, event. It, it was a very experience. So one of the first things they did was they debated the school tax. Uh, notably, the residents of West Vancouver are opposed to uh, the tax on homes over $3 million. Um, what? Very, very opposed. Uh, then the next what? thing... What? The, the, the area where the, like... Survey showed that the two most popular types of cars were M- Mercedes and BMW. They are opposed to the school tax. Those people where you used to have to have a British passport in order to, and it's still in the contract, where you still have to have a British passport in order to buy property. Those people are opposed to the school Counselor- tax. Councillor Thompson said uh, in response to uh, a comment by Councillor Gambioli, uh, Councillor Gamb- Gambioli being the notable, I guess, lefty on the council, uh, Councillor Thompson uh, said, well... Vancouver is, or West Vancouver is a wealthy neighborhood, and we have to represent our neighborhood. Which is a little brazen, if you ask me. <laughs> hey, apparently, apparently subtext is out and all text is in. Like, so the, the, the new, so West Vancouver is now launching a, a consultation. Truth in politics, who'd have thought? Yeah, 
If you use uh, if you, you if you go to West Van for any real reason, or you're from West Van uh, and you have thoughts on the Beeline, do write in. Uh, the ferry does it value. The fer- <laughs> and the idea they're, they're debating whether or not to go to have the the Beeline continue to Dunderave or terminate it at Park Royal. Translink, uh, the the Translink CEO has said that they're going to listen to whatever any local community government says. Uh, which I think is admirable. Uh, and so it's possible that this beeline that was going to go into West Vancouver and allow people to get out in and out of West Vancouver fairly easily will terminate at the very entrance of West Vancouver at Park Royal. Well, well Park Royal is like this long beat. It's a long boy. But, like, there is totally enough volume to take things to at least 15th, if not 24th. Like, So, yeah, 24th is one of the... 23rd is one of the options now. Uh, and 21st is one oh, of yeah, the options. Oh, yeah, because the children of West Vancouver are... are are too precious to be exposed to buses. Oh, this was because one. Because they this can't was, get out of the way of the bus. Uh, that was an actual, that was one of the one of the spe- citizen speakers at the council actually uh, said that they, they, they demanded that the bus not go near a school uh, because of fear that it's big and bulky and could endanger students. God forbid students arrive at school by bus. You know what the major danger to, like, children with cars is, uh, with respect to cars? Children with cars, them driving themselves, and God knows many of those kids are going to be driving themselves. That's the danger. It's not the bus. So it's it's interesting that we all came together with this ten-year transportation plan, and it's starting to sort of come at like sort of unravel it's a free, little bit at it's the seams. Fraying, fraying on that's one the word side, I was looking for. And like suddenly they've decided to like add an extra big bit on another thing this magnificent tapestry of transportation corridors the warp and weft of which ranges from the coastal mountains down to the u.s border it it appears to be uh an unfinished Mm -hmm. thing uh and and of the plan of which is not so programmed in by jackard loomcard that uh was unable to be changed by some angry west vancouverites and and like you said right elections have consequences and that you know as obama said and you repeated earlier in the the episode uh elections have consequences no i said it first (laughs) i and it seems to me that we're starting to get into this. I'm just going to leave that one. Uh, and it seems to me that we're getting into this point where you truth know, is false. Some of these, some of these issues that people thought were dealt with are are, are not so dealt with, which uh, leads us to the next stage of where Vancouver is at. The city is that Vancouver's got a couple of rezonings that they're going to have to deal with. Uh, which the first one is at Sixth uh, and Clark. This is the 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 less and more controversial one at all at the same time. Uh, yeah, changes are coming to Clark Street. So at first in Clark, or at, sorry, at sixth in Clark is sixth in Clark. So let's let's take a, a mental image of sixth in Clark. Uh, you're driving under the sky train duct down terminal. It's, I don't know what do you want to call it the the, the transit way the the pillars of elevated elevated the elevated grade transit. All right, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, whatever. There's a bunch of marvelous pillars that hold up our marvelous train uh, beneath it go the trucks in each way there's two lanes and then you hit the ramp there's a cross at the top of it it says east van ken lum designed it yeah and it's 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 you know actually like as a as an east van you know i'm not an east van kid i grew up in surrey but my folks were east van kids and like i think you 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 learn a lot about what east van meant to people when you when you've got parents that grew up there and when you've got grandparents from there and you know that the East Van Cross, for whatever reason, seems to symbolize a lot of the city for people on the on the east side. It, it's certainly something that I appreciate. But I think you're more up to this than I am in terms of what the proposal is. So Nature's Path, which is a company that makes stuff, uh, I don't know, food, 
I think it's food. I think it's food. Uh, they make food, and whether what type of food is completely irrelevant. But anyway, they have nature in the title, so whatever. They were planning on building a 10-story building uh, immediately to the... Uh, west, North, northwest, northwest of, of, the cross. of the cross. Yes, it's a it's an empty lot right now attached to the VCC Clark Sky Transition. Yes, it is an empty lot. It was a empty lot that the designer of the cross, Ken Lum, uh, knew was going to be developed at some point. The design proposal that has been submitted to City Council has. Uh, taken into account this particular thing and and uh, has proposed a, a thing that like tries to impede the uh, view of the cross the least possible. Uh, however, there is still some view blockage, and God knows the thing that everyone thinks of when they think of Vancouver is our glorious view cones. Well, and, and so the, the the developers said they were they're trying to work with Ken Lum. Ken Lum himself is trying to sort of rally rally opposition to it because he wants to maintain the, the the high visibility of his sign, and I I, I respect that. Uh, it's an interesting one, and we'll see where that goes because. Uh, I I would like to see some incorporation of it, and at the same time, this is a empty lot that's attached to a SkyTrain station that is right on a major and a head office wants to come to Vancouver and that's a major a arterial and a major like, arterial road. This Vancouver is this is doesn't a, have a ton of head offices. This is a, a classic spot to do a major infill development. It's a, it's a major it's yeah. a major tax base growth opportunity. It's a ten story building. It's an architectural like jewel in my opinion. And why don't you just Add an extra 10 stories to that freaking pylon. I know that's, like, the simplest and dumbest possible solution, but, like, what if they did that? Well, and that brings... And so City Council's going to have to, you know, wrangle a little Hell, bit with that 20 one. 20 stories! Put it all the way up! <laughs> so City Council's going to have to wrangle a little bit with that one. Uh, but that's not the least of City Council's problems coming up. Coming up now is the first in Clark, moving along north along Clark there, uh, is the first in Clark proposal, which... Uh, is a redevelopment on the northwest northeast corner of First and Clark. Right now, it's like House Field and uh, and like one remaining house that's being proposed for redevelopment. Yeah, there's not much there. Uh, and what's going to go in? What's proposed to go in is 90 social housing units, along with uh, a detox facility and uh, some form of uh, I think on-site workspace for for people to be able to sort of work on skills and and trades. Yes, we need these spaces. You should support this. Like, I, I'm not even... Write your counselor, say what you think about the East Van Cross, say you support this. It's so important that counselors get their backbone stiffened. Well, and the Grandview Woodland, uh, uh, there's, 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 there's a couple of Grandview Woodland organizations, and there's one notable one that fights against almost any density development. And it's pretty wildly opposed to this, because they don't want, and they use some pretty ugly words, uh, but they don't want people, they don't want a detox facility there more than anything else. They don't want the withdrawal facility there. And that's, uh, it, it, it does bother me the way in which they operate, because it does... It's 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 a it's a it's a classist thing. It's a it's a. These people are not like the historical working class people of the board. That board of the Grand Grandview Woodlands Neighborhood Association was elected by acclamation, uh, and they are members of the Dunbar diaspora. They are not like the traditional. It's, it's fascinating to watch East Van change with this what you call the Dunbar diaspora, which is really an accurate phrase. Is is those 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 people that are retiring? They sell a three million dollar home in, on the west side and, and buy, buy a two million dollar house on the east side or, or less. And pocket a million or a million and a half in change. Yeah. Which, hey, you know, good business if you can do it. Though pony up with that school tax 
<laughs> Let's not use a uh, uh, certain language. Um. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm not Doug McCallan. I don't. <laughs> so. Uh, the, the first and Clark one is going to be a really tough one for this council, and it'll be really interesting to see where they land on it. It's, I think, going to be a real uh, litmus test for them. And, you know, if you support good pe- people who need social housing and need assistance, uh, maybe right in, in favor of this. By the way, detoxing is, like, so important. Like, if you have a problem with, with like, drugs in the city, and we should all have a little bit of a problem with like the level of addiction in the city, there needs to be facilities for that to get treatment. Like people are dying every day from overdoses due to fentanyl and carfentanil and, and tainted dope. And uh, people are going to continue to lo- use uh, and lose their lives because of this. Uh, and some of that is going to be for lack of access to treatment options. So, like, let's do the right thing and also, like, get people into uh, a space where they can, like, think beyond uh, the next high and, like, have a, a more healthy life. It's it's so mind-boggling to me that, like, these these places, which are, are not high crime, they, they do not have... No, we've got, we've got social housing units all around, all around me here in this building, and I don't... I don't see a problem. Uh, and we've got four or five of them within a, wa- a short walk of where I am. And I, I'm, I'm happy that they're here because it's a mixed use community. Yeah. It's anyways, it's, it's, it's that one. It, it's gone to consultation. They voted to put it to consultation. And so now is your opportunity to speak out in favor of it. It's been, this has been about six months in the process and we're, we're, we're still getting to that point before it's done. Yeah. So changes at six and Clark changes to transportation. Is there anything else? Oh, wait, there's a, Big stupid arena replacing a small good arena in Surrey. Uh, even weirder than that. So uh, I guess the last thing of the night, uh, Surrey Council continues to baffle. There's there's two things that I want to hit on. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Surrey Council continues to baffle. So Surrey, yeah, exactly. Surrey canceled a community center in South Vancouver and an arena complex in Cloverdale. Too expensive. Um, because they're too expensive and the city doesn't have any money. And the mayor is now floating a $4 million uh, international stadium to be built in Bear Creek Park, which is not near really anything. It doesn't have substantial transit access to it uh, and has right now uh, a running track like a 400 meter or whatever running track and uh, some stands next to it but he wants to turn that into the running track and, and an arena model uh, to try to attract I don't know what he hasn't been very clear uh, and it, it's it's baffling to me that you would say we don't have any money for the these ice rinks in a community that is growing we don't have any money for a community center in a community that is growing but we do have money for this weird stadium in the middle of nowhere did he run on this no not in the slightest. All right, so Doug Ford and the city of Toronto, councillor bullshit, and yep. like you know, well, and, and, and if then, you're gonna claim elections have consequences, as Mr. Mayor, his worship, as his worship has done, then you have to like maintain some kind of cogent view of how that po- is going to be applied to a policy matrix. You well, can't... but he doesn't. He just says things, and that that that, that speaks exactly to what happened uh, yesterday, or or I should say, because uh, I don't know when this episode is going to air uh, on Wednesday. Uh, a Translink police officer was shot uh, at uh, at Scott Road Skytrain Station. Uh, yeah, it was like rush hour, and he's okay. He's going to recover. But Mayor McCallum, you know, in in I think sentence two or three of his of his condolences said, and that's why we need a municipal police force. This is not the time to politicize somebody getting shot. And also, would that have had any impact on anything at all? No, but 
Oh no, absolutely. Yeah, like we're props to you yeah. on message discipline, I guess, but like low marks on moral compass. All right, well, that was our episode for the night, and we're going to end our episode like we always do on a Vancouverada. No, we're going to ask you first to stay on and keep giving us money on our Patreon. Oh, yes. Patreon.com slash report. Patreon.com slash report. Patreon.com slash report. Please continue to uh, support the show. We really love making it for you, but it does take uh, time and effort and... Well, and we're ramping it up, too. We're, we're really looking forward to, to, to building this up. You know, Matthew, you went to council just recently. I went to council uh, in, in December, and then I, you know, I've got this interview coming up that's coming up. We're working on putting together some more interviews to, to put out as well that you've already recorded. Uh, we really are looking to ramp this thing up, and it's it's exciting, but it's also pretty time-consuming. Yeah, there is a whole Granville Bridge worth of civic content that needs covering, and we only have the Hemlock on-ramp, and so... <laughs> really dedicated to that one. Yeah, yeah, no, I stuck with it. So yes, please do visit us on Patreon. Uh, check out the website. I have a, an article that's going up uh, shortly on my thoughts on the... Uh, committee meeting yesterday and you can get that at canbyreport.ca yes and and so i i really really encourage you to help support the show and uh you know stay on the slack uh the slack is a, a fascinating discussion uh, always uh and, and you'll get first uh dibs on tickets to our live shows which are going to continue to happen we are pleased to announce maybe have already said so <laughs> i don't know so as we end all segments, our Vancouverada for the night, uh, this year is the 40th anniversary of the Vancouver Whitecaps winning the Soccer Bowl, uh, which was the North American Soccer League Soccer Championship, which was a amazingly named Soccer Bowl. Uh, the Whitecaps at the time were led by Bobby Leonard Uzi, currently still managing the team. For 40? 40? 40. Well, uh, so uh, they renamed... Vancouver's had a soccer team so, for 40 years? Um, yes. Um, the, the, the NASL uh, went belly up in the very early 80s, very shortly after the, we won the Soccer Bowl. Is it because they weren't announcing all the games like this? Uh, it was actually because they massively overspent, because the Vancouver Whitecaps in 1979 defeated Pele uh, for the Soccer Bowl. Uh, I assume there were other players on the New York Cosmos that year. Uh, other notable teams that were not brought back to MLS in the, the modern uh, time is the LA Aztecs. Text, thankfully. Um, yeah, you're giving me that look. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I didn't make the Polynesian god Pele joke that I had been planning. But <laughs> So the, uh, the Whitecaps uh, have brought back for their inaugural 40th uh, celebration, 40th, 40th anniversary, they've brought back the hoop jersey, which I'm really excited to buy myself because I've been wanting that hoop jersey ever since they came back into into MLS and I became a season ticket well, holder. Oh, there it is. Um, and by the way, uh, Whitecaps, if you enjoyed this plug, uh, you, you could very easily be a sponsor for this podcast. Um, but another notable yeah, thing... Yeah, we could talk about how much we love going to White Caps games and how much we all do that. And mm -hmm. definitely, I... And, well, I mean, I'm, I've been a season ticket holder for six years now. And uh, I support having a soccer team in the city. And notably, to go into a little bit of Vancouverada, uh, the BC Sports Hall of Fame has the Soccer Bowl. Uh, what happened when the NASL went belly up in, I believe, 1983, uh, don't quote me on that, uh, the NASL basically collapsed so fast and so hard that everything was put up for auction, and the BC Sports Hall of Fame picked it up for a steal, and they've had it ever since. And so it's not in New York or LA or some other place. It's uh, it's located right here in the BC Sports Hall of Fame, which you can go to for a fairly reasonable price. They've got some really neat things. My great-grandfather happens to be an inductee uh, of the Hall of Fame, and uh, again, this is not a sponsored piece of content, but it could have been. So go visit the Hall of Shattered and Broken Dreams at the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Some of those dreams may have been realized, but certainly not the nasal sports soccer bowl, whatever. 
I care about sport. Well, thank you very much for listening. This has been another episode of the Canby Report, and we look forward to more content throughout 2019. Patreon.com slash Report. I'm Matthew Naylor. Good night. And I'm Patrick Meehan. <laughs>